we may not feel it, even though we may not see it, God is still working in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of an issue. God is still working because he is still God and he is still on the throne. And so we have to remember that, that he is our way maker. He is our promise keeper. His promises will not go void. They will continue moving forward until they are fulfilled. And we know that because we see that in his word that Jesus, that God sent Jesus into this earth to fulfill a purpose. And it was a promise. It was a purpose. There was a reason. And he saw it through. And he'll see us through in the middle of life's troubles and the middle of life's issues. Amen. Amen to that. Let's go before the Father in prayer tonight. Lord, I thank you, Heavenly Father. For the ability to come into this place tonight, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for the ability to come in people's homes tonight, Heavenly Father. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for the word that is going to be poured out, Lord. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for your presence that's here, Heavenly Father. I ask you right now, Lord, to use me as a vessel to bring forth your word and your glory at this particular point in time, Heavenly Father. I ask you, Lord, for the ones that need to need a touch or some kind of a miracle, Lord. I pray, Heavenly Father, that they will receive their miracle today, Heavenly Father, for the the ones that need a healing, I pray, Lord, that they will receive their healing, Heavenly Father. For the ones that need a breakthrough, Lord, I, 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 I thank you, Heavenly Father, for their breakthrough, Heavenly Father. And it's on their way, Lord, because you are the way maker, Heavenly Father. You are the promise keeper, Heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord, for working on our behalf, Heavenly Father. And what you're doing, Lord, even today, even tonight, Heavenly Father, what you're doing uh, through, through uh, this place, Heavenly Father, through the internet, Heavenly Father, through social media, I thank you, Lord, for it, Heavenly Father. And we give you the praise and the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen, amen, amen. Hey, I'm glad to come, with, uh, come to you tonight, uh, this special night, this Good Friday uh, night. Uh, and I thank you for tuning us on. Do me a favor. Go ahead and share. If you're uh, uh, using Facebook, bottom right-hand corner, hit that share button. And then hit share, post it to your timeline, post it to a friend's timeline. Let's get the word out uh, because Jesus has done a work in our lives and we want to share that with others. And so let's be the church tonight and share it with a friend. This morning, or I'm sorry, I'm going to say this morning, this uh, evening, uh, we're going to be looking at John chapter 19. It's just a couple short verses I want to come with you, uh, come at you to, um, tonight, verse 28 through 30. And my, my sermon is titled Final Moments, Final Moments. You know, when you think about final moments, you've heard about them throughout this, this pandemic. You've heard of, of doctors and nurses, uh, you know, doing the, 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 the last thing that, that uh, they've done in, in, in their final moments and, 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 and their love for their, their, and the passion for their, their, uh, their employment or, or their profession, I should say. Uh, and we hear about their final moments of what they've done. And, and it, it really, that, that final moment defines really who they are. You know, I think about, I'm a big basketball player, and I think about Kobe in his last game going off for 60 points. And here he was, just a washed up uh, old man, at, per se, you know, been in the league for 20 years with injuries. And, and I think about the final game and how great he was in his final performance. And this, more, uh, this, this evening, I want to look at Jesus' final moments tonight i want to look at, at at some final moments of jesus's life on the cross and what he went through in his final moments on that cross today is good friday it's the day that we recognize and we celebrate 
It's a celebration. It's not a mournful event, and I'll tell you why in a minute, why we're not mourning today uh, or tonight regarding Jesus' death. It's a celebration of Jesus' death upon that cross. You know, it's interesting that we use the word good to describe death. You know, I, I, in fact, I, I don't think we, 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 we would use the word death and good in the same sentence unless we're possibly talking about an enemy of ours. Then we might say it's a good thing that they die. But in reality, we won't use the word good and death together ever. But we do that when we talk about Jesus on this Good Friday. I remember years ago when Osama bin Laden, we captured Osama and we, and we ended up killing him in the, in the process. And I remember hearing about that and I remember saying, that's a good thing. He, he, he wrecked havoc on, on, on the world and America. And we look at his death and we say, that's a good thing. But, you know, a lot of times, even when we're talking about our enemies, I don't think we even said, I won't even wish death on that person, right? We wouldn't, we wouldn't wish death on our enemies. We wouldn't even use good and death in the same sentence on majority of our enemies. Very seldomly we would do that. But the fact of Jesus dying on the cross for you and for me is a great thing. It's a fantastic thing. This past week, my, my wife went to work. And, uh, and, and on a morning phone call, a conference call with the, with the higher-ups, and they were trying to get their, their, their staff motivated and pumped for today's work. And she said she was sitting in that conference call, and one of her coworkers was the Debbie Downer. And she goes, there's nothing to be excited about. There's nothing to be excited about living in this pandemic and the error that we're living in. There's nothing to be excited about. I just want to go home. I don't want to be here. There's nothing to be excited about what we're going through in life. It's hard. It's been hard to be excited about something. As we see the death tolls rise in America, as we see the death tolls rise around the world, as we see the death tolls rise in Southern California, even in our own county, and sometimes even in our own city, what we've been experiencing over the last few weeks. But in the midst of it all, there is reason to have hope. And the reason that we have hope today is due to what happened on that first Good Friday over 2,000 years ago. That is a reason for you and I to have hope in the middle of a pandemic. And you know what? That's why my wife turned around and says, hey, listen, today is a day to be excited about. It's Holy Week. It's time to be excited about something. That's what Jesus done on the cross for us. That's something to have hope in. There's something to have excitement about. Jesus turned a good Friday. Listen, all, all Fridays are good Fridays. We look forward to Fridays. You know, on our normal work week, it's the end of our work week. We got Saturday and Sunday off. You know, good Fridays. Fridays are always good. I always tell people at work, there's never a bad Friday. Fridays are always good. But Jesus Christ turned an average good Friday into something uh, uh, called a great Friday. It was more of a, not more of a, uh, no, it's more of a great Friday than it was a good Friday. Let me tell you this, Jesus was and he is a symbol of greatness. No other man will come close to what Jesus did because there is no such thing as another Messiah. The Messiah has came once, he's coming twice to pick up his church in a matter of if we're going to be a part of it or not. But his second coming is going to be a different than his first coming because Jesus resembles greatness. But his greatness was really summarized on two final moments we all I want to see tonight. Two final moments before his death. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 19. And I'm looking at the New Living Translation. And then we'll jump also to uh, verse 30 later on. 
out of the NIV. But John chapter 19, verse 20 through 30, out of the New Living Translation says this. Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. And to fulfill scripture, he said, I am thirsty. A jar of sour wine was sitting there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put it on a hyssop branch. It's interesting that's a hyssop branch because it was the, the hyssop branch that, that they uh, placed the blood upon the doorpost uh, during the first Passover. And he held it up to his lips. Verse 30 says, when Jesus had tasted it, he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and released his spirit. The first greatest moment we see is the greatest of his words, the greatest words. Jesus, Jesus goes and he utters his final word as he hung there upon the cross. In verse 28, John writes that Jesus knew his mission was finished. The New King James Version puts it this way. It says, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, what was finished, what was accomplished, it was the work that Jesus was sent here on earth was now complete. It was now accomplished. He accomplished everything that God wanted him to do. He accomplished it all. And we see in John 17, 1 through 4, two, two chapters earlier, he says this. John says, after Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and he prayed. This is Jesus' words. He says, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you, uh, all those you have given him. Verse 3 he says, now this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. Jesus finished the work that the Father, that Father God has given him to do. He preached to the Jews. He gave them, he gave them proof that he was the Messiah, regardless if they rejected him or not. He laid out the proof that his first coming, that he was there, that he was Messiah. He, he taught his disciples. He, he discipled his disciples. He taught them the ways and the way of, 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 of God. He taught them uh, uh, how to live. He, he did it all. His, his, his work here was finished. And once on the cross, where he was currently at in our text today, there was nothing remaining to be done but at this point to return to God. The work here on earth given by his father was fully completed. The sacrificial offering of his life completes his divine rescue mission his mission to rescue you and i it was absolutely complete the annual sacrifices no longer needed to take place because they were complete the penalty for sin was completely severed the ties of the penalty of sin the price for redemption was completely paid for it was a one and done sacrifice no longer was a sacrifice needed nothing 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 else is needed there was no other sacrifice because jesus was the one and done upon that cross hebrews tells us in verse 9 26 to 28 it says if that had been necessary christ would have had to die again and again ever since the world began but now once for all time 
He has appeared at the end of the age to remove sin by his own death as a sacrifice. And just as each person is destined to die once, you're destined to die once. And after that, there comes judgment, as he says in verse 27. So also Christ died once for all time. As a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. And it says here, he will come again, not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly awaiting for him. Jesus died once and for all to take away our sins. Every sin that you've ever committed, no matter how big, no matter how small, no matter what you think you've done wrong, no matter how great of sin that you think you've committed or if I've committed, Jesus Christ came and he died once to take away those sins from you. The Bible says as far as the east as to the west, he will forget our sins. He will forget your sins regardless of how great or how severe or how small the sin is. Jesus died for every single one of us, every single sin. And he uttered those words on that cross as he hung there. His final words as, 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 as written in the scripture, it says, it is finished. It is finished. That's what he says. The final words were, it is finished. That's what it means. When he said those final words, he meant the entire work of salvation was what? Was taken care of. Those three simple but ginormous words changed the path of history forever. No other word, no other word ever will be spoken uh, uh, such as that. No other word in history has had an impact like those simple but ginormous words of it is finished. It is finished. He, lay, he sat there or he, he was nailed on the cross and he uttered his last words. He says, it is finished. The word in Greek is tetelestai. Tetelestai, it's one word, tetelestai. It means to, to bring to a close. It means to complete it means to fulfill, to telestai. Who does that sound like? It sounds like Jesus. To telestai, Jesus' work was fulfilled. To telestai, Jesus' work was complete. To telestai, Jesus closes out his earthly ministry. His word was written on receipts and documents during the, the, the era of the, when the New Testament was written. So like, when you go and you pay the bill and, and they stamp that little stamp and it has the big P and the D and it says paid on there and they initial and they sign it, meaning that you've completely paid the debt that was owed to that company. To tell us I was written on those those statements to tell us I to say, listen, it's paid in full. There's nothing else that needs to be paid. Your, it, the transaction is completed. The bill was paid for. Jesus had finished the internal purpose of the cross that Good Friday. You might be asking, well, well, Dennis, what do you mean by what bill? What do I owe? What kind of debt do I owe? What, what do I owe? Well, the Bible is clear about it. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through who? Through Christ Jesus, our Lord. The wages of sin is death. The wages of our sin, the debt of our death, uh, our, of our sin, is, it should be death upon the cross. But it wasn't. 
because it was paid in full, the telestai by Jesus Christ. A single word over 2,000 years ago changed the course, changed your course, changed my course of our life today to telestai, meaning it is complete, it is fulfilled, it means to bring to a close. There's never been, there never will be a single word that has impacted history more than it is finished to telestai. It is finished. Right before those final words, God poured out the sin on the world on Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus was innocent. Jesus lived a sinless life. But that sinless life, what, what happened was when he was on the cross, the sins of the world was poured on him. The sins of yesterday, the sins of today was pull, poured upon Jesus. And then he says, it is finished. What Jesus came for was finished. His work was finished. His victory over death was finished. God's ultimate sacrifice, his precious lamb of God, his only begotten son was finished. Our freedom from our past mistakes the condemnation of sin that Satan holds over you and it says, look what you've done and look what kind of human being you have become. It says it is finished from the blood of the lamb that was poured out upon the cross over 2000 years ago. He took the sin of you and me and he placed it upon Jesus and Jesus finished it. He completed it. He says, listen, forget about it. Your sins are forgiven our salvation in him was complete there is no need to have a, a sacrifice redemption was completed on the cross that good friday there is nothing to complete there is nothing else to do it is a free gift from god all we have to do is accept it because on that good friday jesus made it great with the greatest words that ever were spoken when he said it is finished to telestai it's finished Break free of the past. Break free of the mistakes. Break free of the trouble and the issues and the sin of yesterday because of what Jesus did upon that cross. The second thing I want us to see is tonight. Going back to verse 30 out of NIV. It says, when he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. We just saw that. He says, with that, he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. The second greatest act we see is Jesus gave. He gave in death. He gave in his death. After he spoke those words, it is finished. What do we see? John's account says, he says he, he, he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. As powerful as these words of it is finished were, was even more powerful when he gave up, gave up his spirit. No one took Jesus's life from him. Nobody took Jesus's life from him. He gave his life away willingly. It was like if we were in a court trial and a courtroom and during a trial and we have a guilty man and someone from the audience has raised their hand and say, hey, listen, that man's guilty. But I'm going to take a spot on death row. Let that man go. You know what? Execute me. None of us would do that willingly. Nobody would do that willingly. 
Nobody would. But Jesus did. He went willfully and he gave up his spirit willingly. And we see here Jesus' words in John 10 come to life. In John 10, 17, 18, it says, The Father loves me because I sacrificed my life so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. He says, nobody can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. I give it up voluntarily, he's saying. For I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again. For this is what my father has commanded. It was his life to lay down and he laid it down willfully, willingly for you and for me. When Jesus was arrested, we see Peter, he takes out his sword and he chops off the high priest's servant's ear. And Jesus stops him and he says, hey, listen, I could have called thousands of angels to stop this right now, but I'm not. Why? Because he willingly continued. He willingly went to Calvary. He willingly went to the cross. He willingly went to go lay his life down. His final act was directly tied to his first act. And we see this in Matthew 20, verse 28. He says, for the, even, the, for the, even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's what he said. That's, that's my purpose in life, is, is to not serve, but to serve others, to give my life up willingly. Without the crucifixion, without the resurrection of Jesus, Jesus was just a good rabbi. He was just a good prophet. He was just a great man. It's the resurrection and crucifixion that separates Jesus from just being good to being great. To being just a good priest to being the greatest priest. To being just a good sacrifice to being the greatest and one and only sacrifice. He wouldn't be the Messiah. He wouldn't be our savior without the crucifixion and the resurrection. But Jesus gave up. He gave up so that we can have. He gave up so that we can have. Isn't that a, a perfect picture of a, of a loving father who would give up? I know I, I give up things. There's times we'll go and, and, and me and Nathaniel will go out and we'll go vacation somewhere. And, and we'll go come back with, with a, a trunk load of things. But nothing for us, all for our children. Isn't that what a father does? To give willingly to their children, give willingly to, to their child. Jesus really gave, up, gave it up, gave up his life so we could find eternal life in him. Let me tell you this, we give up so much for Satan. Willfully give so much up to Satan. And you know what he provides us? He provides us with nothing. He provides you with heartache. He provides you with chaos. He provides you with death. He provides you with destruction. But we give up of our time. We give up of who we are to him in a willingly manner. Satan's job is to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came to, for us to have life, and he says life more abundantly. Satan willingly steals from us. Jesus willingly gives to us. Tonight, I'm going to ask you a simple question. Who are you going to allow to take from you? Or who are you going to allow to give to you willingly? It's going to be either given to you or it's going to be taken from you. Satan's going to take from you. 
Jesus is going to come and give to you willingly, just like he did on the cross. It was Jesus' final words and his action on that cross that makes this Friday not a good Friday, but a great Friday. Tonight is, is, is a perfect time. It's, it's the best opportunity to accept what Jesus so willingly gave over 2,000 years ago to you and me. It's a free gift. Don't reject the free gift. He willingly laid down to pay your debt. If someone called you tomorrow or called you right now and said, I'm going to wipe your debt clean, will you tell them no? I'm going to wipe your debt clean. I'm going to wipe it clean. That's what Jesus is saying. He's going to wipe it clean. That's what to tell us I mean. Paid in full. He paid it in full on the cross that day. Your debt can be wiped clean. The mistakes of yesterday were paid upon the cross 2,000 years ago. The Bible tells us that his mercies are renewed each morning. Don't reject his gift. Accept what he gave willingly that day, that good Friday. I don't know what your situation is. You do. I don't know what your walk with God is. You do. But I'm going to tell you right now, let's make a good Friday into a great Friday by coming to Jesus tonight. Jesus said, I will wipe away your sin. I will, I will mend the brokenhearted. All you have to do is let him in. And all you have to do to let him in is say, Jesus, right where you're at, just say, Jesus, come into my heart. I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to come into my heart and do a work. I ask you that as I take the, you take away my debt, as I present my debt to you, you will take it away. You will wash me as white as snow. Lord, we thank you, Heavenly Father, for your word, Lord. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for sending your son Jesus to die upon the cross. I thank you, Lord, for the tetelestai, the one and done, the completeness that he he, he willfully went to the cross and did, not only for me, but for everyone out there, listening, watching, and the ones that are even not watching, listening. He did it for them, too. I thank you for that, Lord. And today, Heavenly Father, we celebrate in your death because we know that you are no longer on that cross, but you are risen and you are well and you are sitting on the right hand of the Father and you're interceding on our behalf. And I thank you for that. I ask you, Lord, right where, right where we're at, Lord, either we're driving or maybe we're having dinner with our family or maybe just sitting by ourselves. I ask you, Heavenly Father, right now, just to minister to our hearts. He's pulling on, on people's heartstrings. You feel it. Do not reject God tonight. Come to him. He's willing to take. He's willing to take from you your debt and give you everlasting life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We give you the praise and the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. God bless the church. Listen, he's no longer on that cross, but we'll find out on Sunday he gave his life to, to raise it back up from the tomb that Sunday morning, that resurrection Sunday. Join us Sunday, 10 a.m. We'll see you then. God bless you.